podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Inside Training, an official Hibernian FC podcast. With us for episode three is probably our most requested guest, a Hibernian FC legend who really needs no introduction whatsoever. It's a pleasure to be joined by Sir David Gray to discuss his transition into coaching, how he's found his new role, his brief stint as interim manager, and much, much more. We're here in the media suite at HTC to chat to Dave about his coaching journey so far. Dave, thank you for joining us. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. Obviously for you and for all players when they come in towards the end of their playing career, they have a kind of a big decision to make what they want to do next. When, as a player, did you start to think, I want to go into coaching or I'd like to try that? Uh, I think it's, as you say there, when you're coming towards the end of your career, you, you start to really think about, even when you're taking part in training, why is the manager asking me to do this or why is the coach asking me to do this? And you start to, to start then thinking about reasons for doing it rather than when you're a young lad and you're playing, you just want to play. You want to get better and you're just interested in playing. And I think I got to that point at maybe 25, 26, started to really think about the reasons behind why we were doing certain drills and starting to learn the game a little bit more and looking at it more from a tactical point of view. Um, and that was probably around about that age. Um, I think the reasons, as you touched on there, when I went into the decision came to go into. Coaching was probably because the manager told me, asked me to become the first team coach, which pretty much tells you I'm not going to play for him anymore. So it was quite, a, quite an easy decision for that one. Did, did that happen naturally when you were 25, 26? Or did you think to yourself, I've, I wonder why they're doing this and because you had an eye on kind of going into coaching? Uh, I think it's, I always knew I wanted to try and stay in football as long as I possibly could. Um, it's all I've ever known since I was 16. Um, and so I think it's just a natural sort of progression that you get to a certain point in your career and you think, well, I need to start thinking about what I'm going to do after. I mean, you have all these conversations and you get advice when you're a young boy to say, you know, play for as long as you can and enjoy it for as long as you can because it's over in a heartbeat or you need to make sure you do your coaching badges and you need to be educated because it's such a short career, it goes so fast. All these things, and I think it probably hit me about 25, 26 when I thought to myself, right, now I need to start thinking about what I might do after football or be as prepared as I possibly can, knowing that I wanted to stay in football. So I then took the decision to, to look towards coaching badges and things like that. So that was round about that age. That seems quite early. To, to kind of make that decision like a lot of people I would imagine don't start thinking about that until kind of their late 20s early 30s uh, yeah I think it's possible because of the way my career had been going as well I'd been at the that was round about the point when I came probably when I came back to Hibs what would have been there 26 something like that so I'd made the decision to come back home um, having been down south since I was 16 um, and the missus was happy about that because we just had we had Ivy at the time who was and Haley found it hard herself uh, down south, so she wanted to come back home. So the opportunity to come back up and play for Hibs um, probably made me reevaluate my career as well. Thinking, right, I'm back up here now. And it's the next chapter, next stage. So it probably all all came into the one sort of conversation that I had with Haley, I had with myself and my mum and dad, and then started to think, right, now I need to start preparing for, for life after football as well. I don't know. It just maybe as a wee bit early. I don't know. I just dealing with different situations and challenges probably brought that on sooner. Yeah, when you were a player, were there any managers that you thought, oh, I really like how they do this, or this is really interesting? Yeah, I think you take the good and bad for, for everything, and it's probably what how you felt at the time. I don't think there's ever 
a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it. I think you see that with such different managers and coaches that I've worked under. Um, they've all got certain styles, certain individual traits that there's more than one way to do it. Um, and I think that, especially laterally, I've been taking little bits and bits that you enjoy. You remember it, you started to write things down. I started writing down sessions that I enjoyed. And then quickly forgetting about the ones I maybe didn't enjoy. But at the same time, the ones I didn't enjoy, now that I'm a coach, maybe had a different effect that you maybe didn't you take for granted as a player because you maybe didn't quite enjoy it because it's maybe something a bit boring or whatever. But at the same time, it's really, really important now. So um, I think it's important just to, to be adaptable to, to every style, really. Yeah. When did you start taking your badges? Uh, I think I was about 20... About five years ago, I four or five years ago, twenty twenty seven, something like that. Done my B license up here. I actually done it with, with Louis and Paul and Daz. We went and done it together in the international break. You were able to do it as part of um being a pro player, you could go on a pro course effectively and SFA were really good with that, so I done that then. What was that like doing it with them? Made it easier because then you've got familiar faces and also at the same time if I was doing something I could say to Daz and Paul, listen, go and give me a wee hand with this and just having a friendly face to help you um, and then also once you're away from it and you're studying for it and doing all the coursework and things you're actually able to do it together to help each other through it so bounce, bounce questions off each other and really help each other along so that was really good. Yeah and they were obviously guys that you've known for a long period of time as well. When you're kind of going through a, a transition and a change like, like you did obviously from being a player to, to a coach they can almost help guide you through that as being someone that you can kind of speak to, be open to, be open and honest to, when you might be having difficulties, because I can imagine going from being a player in the spotlight all the time to kind of a first team coach, it's quite hard mentally to, to deal with. Yeah, I think it definitely helped knowing the players. So I think if I'd just stopped playing and then went and took a job somewhere or had the opportunity to go and coach somewhere else, I think initially it's great because the lads know you, so you feel a bit more relaxed in their company. I think but the flip side to that would be that straight away they're judging you probably and taking the mic out of you and winding you up and things like that. So I think that probably made it easier for me. But um, I think because I have got such a good group of lads that have been here, I've been here a, long, a lot of them have been here a long time and they knew me as players. So um, it did make it a lot easier for me, the first, especially the first couple of weeks, because I was really nervous. It was something I'd never really, or obviously never done before, apart from your badges and stuff like that. So. Um, it was something that took a couple of weeks and then at the same time, the coaching staff at the time, Potsy was brilliant with me, Jack Ross was great and really gave me the time and allowed me to just slowly get used to it. It wasn't as if, like, right, you're the first team coach now, go and take training. It wasn't like that, I didn't have it like that. It was just slowly dripped in, which it really benefited me, I think. How did you find it, the transition from, like I say, like being a player, being on the pitch in front of thousands of supporters to then going and, and kind of being in the backroom staff behind a manager? Um, i just seen it as the opportunity that presented itself. So, as I said earlier, that, you know, I still felt I was able to play. So it was a decision where, it was a big decision because I was desperate to still keep playing and everyone, the whole advice I've been given my whole career and my dad would still say the same and I was play for as long as you can. You need to play for as long as you can. So to make the decision to stop playing when I was physically fit enough to play was a massive one for me. But it was more the opportunity that presented itself. And I know I've joked about it there, but the manager asked me to be the first-team coach. So if I wanted to keep playing, I'd need to leave, potentially, to go and get the opportunities on the pitch. Um, and I had no intentions of doing that, really. It's not because I, didn't, I wasn't, didn't want to leave, but I then thought to myself, if I leave, 
ultimately I want to be involved in coaching and I'd love to be a manager one day and all these things. So the opportunity then it presented itself to then become first team coach at Hibs um, might be something I would never never get again. So I had to, to balance all that up and then um, obviously the relationship I already had with the current coaching team and the coaching team at the time and um, the players made the transition really easy for me. So um, it was something I thought long and hard about but at the same time I don't regret it at all and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, did you call on any advice from anyone during that period where you were thinking, like you say, whether you kind of carry on playing or, or look potentially elsewhere or whether you do then call time on your playing career and make that next step? Yeah, a lot of people, to be honest. I spoke to spoke to a lot of the players here, actually. Like I said, Daz and Paul and, and Louie and spoke to them about it before I made the decision. Even Joe, I remember the first thing Joe said to me is, are you sure? Are you, want to stop, you want to stop playing? And... Um, I think once I'd already made my mind, to be honest, I'd already made my mind up before I spoke to all the players. It was more like a reassurance. I've probably done that for um, just because I've seen them as friends as well as players I'd obviously played with as well. So um, obviously mum and dad and my missus were, were heavily instrumental in it and I've got a few trusted friends that I've known for a long time that I've played with, um, people who were here previously that I've kept in contact with and just, um, I think I just asked as many people as I could to make sure, but ultimately I knew myself what I wanted to do and, um, I'm, as I say, I'm delighted I made the decision and I'm, I'm pushing on with it now. I'm learning every day, which is the most important thing. Yeah. What was it like that first match day when the lads run out and, and you're obviously not on the pitch with them? Uh, I think I was too busy running about trying to find <laughs> bibs and balls and everything else. I wonder what I'm more worried about. Are they like dead cones in a straight line or these things? So, nah, your attention just changes completely. Yeah. Um, you don't stop and think. No, you don't stop to it. No, no. And there's only been a couple of occasions where I've thought to myself, well, oh, I really wish I was playing today. Um, there's been a couple of them recently, but at the same time, I think I was just, once I, I'd had, the reason I made the decision was because it was clear in my mind the opportunity that presented itself. So I, I've always been the type that if I'm going to do something, the reason I'm doing it for is to try and make myself as good as I can at it. So I thought, right, if I'm stop playing, put it to the side. I've done it for the right reasons. This is the reasons why I want to do it. And I'm going to dive into this as hard as I can and, and see uh, how good I can be on this one and, and learn every single day and see how good I can get at that. Yeah, because you had some magnificent highs as a player. How does that compare to the highs of coaching, getting into the, the Premier Sports Cup final, for example? How does that semi-final compare from a coaching perspective to the highs of, of being a player? I think it's different. I think it's definitely a different buzz around it, but... I think ultimately you've still got that because you are part of the coaching team. You are with the players every single day. You still massively feel part of it. So you do still, like the defeat still hurt the same. When when you win, it's still, you get the elation. You obviously don't get the, if you've ever scored a goal or any of these things, it's very hard to, to replicate that. But even just the little things like if you've been working with a player asking them to do certain things and then you see them going and doing it, the reward you get from that as a, as a coach has been really good. Um, things like set pieces and things if it worked on and it comes off not that they listen very much to be honest we need to keep hammering that one home but um, just when things like that come off it's really rewarding as a coach as well so no it's, it's, it's similar I think it's the atmosphere knowing the players and being in that environment and then coming back as a coach but still dealing with the same players you still massively feel part of it and I think that's credit to everyone involved with what's been built here Is it the sense of pride almost that you get from watching the the team do something or you score from a set piece and like you had a massive impact on that so is it the sense of pride maybe that's a little bit different possibly possibly i think ultimately just it's the the competitiveness in me like as i've played football my whole life 
I've been desperate just want to win all the time, whether it be in training, whether it be playing cards, whatever it might be, you just want to win all the time. So it's, as much as my role's changed, I'm not playing as much now, but I'm still involved. I still take part in training now and again and get the buzz from it that way. And it's exactly the same. It's just it's that will to win on a Saturday. It's the most important thing that I don't think I'll ever leave me, to be honest, which is probably why I was desperate to stay in the game. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this and everything that's gone on this season can't quite believe that it's actually your first year as a coach. There's been so many changes, so many things. Like you said at the start, it was kind of a case of, of bedding in and, and getting used to things. How has your first season been for you? Because it, it has been turbulent. Yeah, it's been, um, yeah, absolutely. I think, oh, I think we're going to have to, well, actually slow down and then strip it all back. I never really had a chance to do that. It was one thing after another. Um, I think I was lucky in terms of the opportunity that presented itself initially. So Jack was great because he basically gave us all the training sessions. It was his sort of training and he says, right, Dave, can you take that bit? Or it wasn't as if the demand was on me straight away, like I mentioned earlier, to go and take training for a full session. So I was able to find my way. I was able to um, work out an organisation way, working all these different things that you just take for granted. That I mean, before my first day as a first team coach here, very rarely had I even set out a pitch, very rarely had I set cones out, never participated in thousands of training drills, but never ever set it up, never really worked out, well why is this area this size, should it make it bigger? And then, then you start to think, well these are all things I should really know. <laughs> so then you start to think about all that stuff, so I've had the introduction from Jack, which was great from an organisation point of view, and as I say, Potsy was brilliant with me as well from that, and then I slowly got more and more involved and gave me more and more responsibility, um, which is then, stood me in good stead now that uh, with the current gaffer he's basically just says right Dave can you go and take a training are you going to take a passing drill or whatever it might be and I'm heavily involved and I'm enjoying it and it, it's, it's been brilliant for me from that point of view so I think the bedding in process I had at the start has really helped me where I am now and gave me the confidence now that I'm able to go and do that so it's been great. Did you have to kind of go away from the training centre and properly kind of look at how Jack wanted his sessions to be the organisational structure different drills at home take a lot of time kind of away from the training ground to to try and get yourself kind of in that mindset and, and up to speed yeah i think you you do that naturally i think it's like anything like, so if you're a player you would maybe study players that you, the player you're playing against or someone you're inspiring to play like you look at some videos and you think right well that was brilliant everybody watches football for for different reasons but then as a coach i'm then constantly thinking right i want to be the best coach i can be so can i test myself can i go and learn can i watch YouTube videos, kind of all these different training drills that you can get. The access you've got to now is unbelievable, so you can get get that from anywhere. Um, and as I said, um, Jack was very structured in all the sessions. He gave me all these sessions, so I was able to go away and study them. Um, and then even when you're watching training, you start to think, well, maybe we could have done that, or maybe there's serves from a different area. Just wee things that you can add to it. But ultimately, I was lucky that all the session that we were doing was already tried and tested and we already knew it was going to work. So I just had to deliver a session I knew worked. It was up to me just to make sure it worked well, mm -hmm. rather than coming up with something for the first time and the boys saying to me, hold on a minute here, Dave, this is absolutely rubbish. Like, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? So I was lucky that way. And it then gave me the confidence that I was able to then start delivering training sessions. And now I go away and I tweak things and I work it. And as I say, you start to then adapt your own way of coaching and you take things from different people that, um, to try and mould yourself in the way you want it to be. How much have you enjoyed that challenge of moulding yourself in a particular way, tweaking different sessions, getting feedback off the lads of what they liked, what they didn't like? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, 
I don't think my missus has enjoyed it that much because it's been quite full on. Obviously, the hours are a lot different. That's a big thing for my coach. From being a player, you're maybe done in the afternoon, you go home and you rest, preparing yourself to be as fit as you can be for the next training day or for the next game. Whereas, and I always knew the coaches would, would work later and longer, and I've really enjoyed it, but then I'll go home, having been here all day, and I'll get a laptop out again and I'll be looking at different training sessions or even watching training back from that day because we're able to do that with those all the training sessions so you can watch it back and, and really judge yourself on how you think the session went. So I'm now rather than watching the lads and how good the training session was, I then start to judge myself as well, saying, well, maybe I should have done that better or whatever. And the whole time my message is like, are you going to speak to me tonight or are you just going to sit on your laptop? <laughs> so it's a balancing act there as well. So that's been a different challenge. Um, I'm sure she'll agree with that. But as I say, I'm just seeing it as a massive learning curve and I'm just trying to develop every single day and diving into it with, with two feet away. Everyone says, don't they, when you kind of become a coach or a manager, it's 24-7, it's so intense. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really full on. Um, and as soon as the whistle goes, you're already starting to think about the next game. game that's straight, it's like after a both, you're already sitting after a game. So the game was really good, everything was great, and you're on the bus on the way home, your attention already turns to Ross County. That's just what happens. And it's... It's great, you start to think about the good things that happened in the game, where we definitely need to improve before the next game, or players that maybe picked up knocks, wonder if he's going to be, what are you going to do if he doesn't make it, and it is, it's, it's never ending, it's, it's really full on, but as I say, it's something I'm, I'm absolutely I'm delighted with, and I'm really enjoying it. Is that the biggest difference, would you say, this kind of, the, from playing days and coaching, is the kind of schedule that, and the difference in terms of hours that, that you have to do? Yeah, it's definitely a lot more hours and it's definitely a lot more consuming of your mind, I think. I think when you're a player, it's easy just to try and switch off so when you go home you can try and switch off the football and that used to be great for me with the three kids, they would definitely distract me straight away as soon as I go home. It's like, right, here you go, there's the kids. Um, but as I'm saying, I'm getting home a bit later now, so the, the, the time you spend with them is much less. So when you do get the day off, it's important that you do spend the time with your kids or I enjoy a game of golf, so you try and balance all that in, it's been very difficult. Um, and that's probably been the most challenging thing, is just trying to separate your time a little bit, because it does, it is really full on. I think it only, and I only had that little short spell where I was in for manager, and it was even more so. I mean, I think, I mean, actually my missus was brilliant during that period, because I think she spoke to me the whole time, but she knew that, you all right? I'm all right. I, I was fine, and she just left me to it, which was brilliant. Do, do you find it difficult to switch off? Or can you even switch off as a coach? I think you can. Um, it's definitely difficult, but I think you can. Um, as a coach, definitely. As a manager, I think probably not as much. Um, I can't really answer that one. But I'm sure managers will be sitting there saying, no, you never switch off. Um, but as a coach, I think you've got less... Well, you've still got the same, not the same responsibility because it's not your head on the line, so to speak, but um, you are constantly thinking about ways in which you can improve the players, ways in which you improve yourself, and maybe even just watching games because it might be um, opponents coming up or opportunity like there's games last night, there was games on the telly again and then when you're looking at the draw and then you start to think, so it is never ending, it's, it's, it's brilliant, so that's why we love the game to be honest. Absolutely and for, for yourself obviously we spoke about your relationship with the players, does anything have to change when you become a coach in terms of your relationship with players, in terms of maybe being a I don't know, a bit more sterner or kind of setting the rules out a little bit rather than being kind of one of the lads? It uh, probably does. Well, it does change. Um, you can't be as... Well, you can still be friendly. You can still, I think that's maybe why, a good reason why it works to an extent because they still see me as Dave. I don't think they see me really as anything other than that. Um, 
and then the new players coming in obviously don't know me as the player beforehand, they would just see me as a coach. So it has probably been different for different players, but the ones that have been here as long as I have and the ones I've played with last season, um, probably questions more for them, but at the same time, you do have to change a little bit. I have to bite my tongue at times, the things I would normally say. Or, um, I, I'm not involved in any group chats or any of that stuff, so I miss out on all that stuff, which, to be honest, is not a bad thing, because last year I was always putting out fires here and never aware of captain, so <laughs> it's probably something I've not missed. But um, no, just the social aspect that you have with the players and that as well, is, you obviously come back from that a little bit as well. In my role covering Hibernian FC home and away, I'm constantly using my phone, tablet or laptop, and I know the importance of staying safe online. That's why I use NordVPN. By using NordVPN, this protects my personal data and bank details from hackers and gives me peace of mind whilst traveling and working on the move. Thanks to our great partnership with NordVPN, you can grab your exclusive deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash highbees or use the code highbees to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan. An additional month for free and a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So for you, day-to-day, -day, what, what does your role as first-team coach involve? Um, well, sit on the M8 for a bit in the morning, which is not ideal. No, I get up early, come in nice and early, um, and then we'll have a meeting to find out who's training, just to make sure from the day before if there's any knocks, any, any injuries, whether I'll just work out exactly what we're doing training-wise, uh, players we've got, numbers we need, and then we'll go out and set the pitch up. Um, and then there'll usually be some sort of meeting beforehand, but at breakfast, and then we start training. Usually we'll start in the gym with, with Colin doing their activation and stuff at half past ten, and then we'll be out on the pitch at 11 o'clock, so we need to make sure everything's, everything's ready, prepped and ready to go for 11 o'clock to start. Yeah, and then after training? Pick all the gear up again. Yeah. <laughs> it's your favourite part, that, isn't it? Kevin Dabrowski kicking all the balls away. Brilliant. <laughs> um, no, to be fair, the, the lads are really good with that as well. Um, especially the, the younger ones. They always help out with, with picking all the gear up and stuff. So that's, that's just something you do as a younger player. You always help out. Um, so you put everything back and then you come in, you have your lunch and then you, if there's another session or individual work that you can do with players or um, a lot of looking at videos and looking at, so from yesterday, you'd be looking at clips from the game against Arbroath and things like that, and then moving on to Ross County, and then your attention changes to them. So it's, it's probably the afternoons is more spent preparing for the next day and for opponents coming up. Yeah, you mentioned kind of working with players individually as well. How much have you enjoyed that aspect, working with defenders, the likes of Porto, Josh Doig, Rocky, all young, ambitious, hungry defenders? Yeah, it's great. I think the most important thing is they've all got the attitude and the desire to be better and they want to do that every single day. So it makes, as a coach, it makes it a lot easier that if you ever ask them, listen, do you want to do a wee bit extra today? Or, um, and I include all the players in that, they're all great that way. Um, they'll always do it and nobody really says, oh, why are we doing this? Or everybody, I think, here has got the, the, the aspirations to, to, to be as good as they can. So yeah, that definitely helps. Um, and we've got great facilities here. Great facilities, great staff, great... Um, medical support that can help us so we can push them to do extra when we can to make them better but at the same time advise when, when we can and when we can't do that. Yeah. On to your time as interim manager now. I can imagine for you at that point or even at the start of the season you'd never have expected to, to be in that position where you, you have to lead out a team where you are kind of the, the main man as such. How did you find that experience first of all? Um, 
I didn't ever see my, like you've said as a man, I never seen myself ever in that process as a man, man, ever. Mm. I seen myself as being asked to do a job that in the position it was, it was difficult for everybody involved. And I was really grateful for how the players were with me, first and foremost, they were brilliant. It was a difficult one, especially preparing for a cup final. There was always going to be boys that were disappointed. Could only pick so many players and knowing ultimately that, well, depending on what would happen with the new manager coming in, if he wanted to keep me in his coaching staff, but I'd have to go back to that previous role. So it was a really difficult one. I didn't want to go in and, I wasn't, I wasn't never going to go in and say, or do anything too extravagant. It was more a case of the position we all found ourselves in and just tried to get us uh, lifted as much as we possibly could because ultimately we were in that position because our results weren't good enough and that was a responsibility of everybody involved and that was basically the focus was like we need to stick together now and um, as quickly as we can get tunnies uh, make sure we get these results and that was ultimately what we tried to do. How hard was that for you like when you are in that position you've not been a coach for very long you're still learning your trade as a coach you then become manager, you have a cup final around the corner, you're also second-guessing whether you'll have a job if the new manager that comes in wants to keep you as part of his coaching staff or not. Mentally, I'm sure there's loads of things going around in your mind. There was. I think initially it was the... Well, it's obviously the shock as well. So the shock of uh, Jack and John losing their job at that point um, was a shock to me. Um, and ultimately, it's never a nice environment when anybody loses a job. So um, that was difficult. It was difficult then coming in the next day and having to then prepare training and things. But I just seen it as this is what needs to be done and to the best of my ability. And as I said, the lads were brilliant. For the first day we'd done it, we got involved straight away and the response I got from them was brilliant. And that was all I asked for. We just listen as much as you can, just give us 100% effort between now until the new manager comes in and we'll just see where we are at the end of that. And we did genuinely just take it day by day, game by game, because I didn't know how long it was going to last at that point. I knew the cup final was around the corner, but I had no idea at that point that I would definitely be taking the cup final. It was literally just, right, St Mirren, it's the next game, need to go there and get three points. Um, and obviously we were four or five minutes away from doing that, which was disappointing. And then the tension quickly changed to Dundee again. So it was, I didn't really have time to stop and think about what was actually going on. It was just like full focus on what needed to be done. What were the biggest things that you learnt during that period? Um, I learnt that I enjoyed the responsibility. Um, enjoyed, aye, that was the main thing for me. I, like, it was a whirlwind and I, I didn't probably appreciate it at the time whilst I was doing it. So for how long it was, 10 days or whatever, it was really full on. Like I said there, I was, Mrs. Was, didn't speak to her for 10 days. Um, I gave everybody, the lads were all off. Um, one of the days and I just came in myself just so I could be clear of myself and work out exactly what I'd like to do and then so even though I had a day off he was like you've got a day off what are we going to do there I was like I'm going out to work I need to go and work out exactly what we're going to do and she was great but that was probably the main thing then I found that I really enjoyed the responsibility side to it probably knowing that it wasn't going to be forever so it was probably easier to say oh, I enjoyed that for a bit because it was only 10 days but I don't know if it'd be like that all the time but uh, and then ultimately, the response I got for the, for the players was, was brilliant. Yeah. What, what was it like, that moment in the cup final, leading the team out? Um, I think that would, I probably didn't appreciate it as much, as much as I kept saying, right, so we weren't thinking about the game, so then all of a sudden the cup final was upon us and we were there. And then it probably hit me the morning of the game. I was sitting going, I need to prepare a team talk here for the cup final, which is not something, as you said, six months ago I'd ever been thinking I'd been doing. Um, 
So that was different, definitely. Uh, how did you find that aspect of it, team talk, especially for a big game like that? How did you find putting together a team talk? Where do we even start with it? Yeah, I think you've probably better asking the lads for that because I think my team talk's probably got better as they got going. The first one was probably rubbish and then got a little bit better towards the end. So I'm glad the cup final wasn't the first game, to be honest. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's just something you, it's just part of it. You need to do it. Obviously, nervous, a little bit uncomfortable speaking in front of the group, for example, and it's just something you got more and more comfortable with. And then by the time the day of the game came, obviously, I was nervous the same as anything else. A different type of nerve. As a player, you're, you're nervous because you've got that. Um, you're worrying about your opponent, you're worrying about being as good as you can be, and all these things that come into that, doing your job. Whereas, as inter manager at the time, you've picked your team, you know what you're going to do, you need to speak to them, prepare them the best you can, but then once that's done, there's only so much you can do at that point after that, so you're kind of then... That's probably a, a different feeling. I've never, that's a different feeling. I've never had that feeling before where you're not powerless because you obviously can control certain things on the side of the pitch, but not you're not physically doing it. So it's not as if I'm physically up against my opponent and can go up against him. So um, it was something, that was, I, as I say, I enjoyed it, but it was definitely different. Have you had time to reflect on that period? Um, yeah, at times. Um, I think, as I said earlier, the overwhelming feeling that I get is I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't enjoy the situation around the club. I don't think that's it's never great, as I say, people losing their jobs and um, the uncertainty that comes with that. And ultimately, the reason that usually happens is because of results. So it wasn't as if it was a happy time for anybody. Um, and I was responsible for results as much as everybody else. So I was um, obviously desperate to make sure we could turn that around as quickly as we can because ultimately, we need to be further up the league than we are, and we need at that time it wasn't good enough, and nobody was shying away from that. So I think reflecting back, um, from a personal point of view, I was happy with how it went, and I was happy with overall delighted with how the lads were with me. That was the main thing for me, and how I then went back into my role, and the response I've had for them since has been great as well. So um, in terms of my own development, it was it was brilliant, selfishly brilliantly for me, but. Um, it's great now I've got the opportunity to step back a little bit again uh, and now learning from a, another fantastic coach which is, has been brilliant as well. Yeah. And you're now obviously back at, as first team coach under Sean Maloney in the new setup. How have you found that since, since he's come in? Because it's a very different style of, of playing, a very different way of working here as well. Yeah, it's been brilliant. As I say, the, the, um, from the, the first day he came in, he was brilliant with me. He says, listen, that's a big part of what we're doing here. Um, he obviously brought some members of staff in with him as well, who've been great. Um, and every day in training, it's he, te he, he wants to test us as well. So it's not as if he's just saying, there's training, this is what we're doing today. It's a discussion every morning. What would you like to do today? We want to improve the players. What do you think went well from the weekend? What can we improve on this week? So it is very much a collective, what we want to do. And then I'm always learning from what the manager delivers, what Gaz delivers and Valerio delivers every day. It's something, a different voice all the time. And, but ultimately, the manager, when he's, he's coaching, it's, it's, it's fantastic to watch. And again, I just see it as a massive learning opportunity for me to improve myself as a coach. Yeah, how, I was going to say, how quick did you kind of grasp his new methods? Because um, obviously he brings in his entire coaching team. Um, Gary, Valerio are all able to kind of take those sessions and lead on them straight away. Yourself, obviously, you have to kind of play catch up almost because there's new methods, new style. What, what was that like at, at the start and, and how hard was it to kind of grasp what, what he was wanting to do? Uh, no, I, I, it's hard because 
it's new, but at the same time, I knew I was able to deliver sessions at that point because of the, the grounding I'd had under Jack, so that was great. Um, and straight away, the manager was brought to me, he just said, just go, on you go. He was giving me the, the confidence and the, the reassurance to just go and deliver sessions that we talk about what we're going to do. And he says, I really like that. When you go, go and deliver that. That was great. So he gave, he put confidence in me straight away to, to go and deliver that. And um, we'll always assess things after and see what we think went well, what we can do better. And um, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm enjoying the whole structure and how things are moving now. And as I say, I mean, the manager's coached some of the best players in the world. Um, and and Gaz and Valerio have coached some top players as well, so it's, as I say, it's an opportunity for me as a, an individual to learn and to progress in, in that area. How have things changed around HTC since that point? Um, well, it's, it's changed. There's loads of different, there's wee subtle things now and again. Um, I think the most important thing is there's just getting, well, ultimately, this gets judged by results, doesn't it? So the result, obviously, at the weekend there was great. Um, we had the initial impact, the first couple of games were great um, and we're slowly bedding in what needs to be done and I think moving forward we're just little details here and there that have maybe let us down at certain times but ultimately I'm really positive about where we're going moving forward and um, I think when, when the manager sat down in the first meeting our objectives were really clear and we can, we can definitely still achieve them which is the most important thing, the running results haven't been great but our objectives are still are firmly there and we the desire of making sure we're going to deliver them. Has your role changed uh, in terms of day-to-day -day or um, the kind of responsibilities that, that you've got since Sean's come in? Uh, I think I'm... It's hard to say, really. I think I'm, my role's still the same. I'm still first-team coach. I probably... I would say I'm involved more on a coaching capacity more now. I think um, Gaffer's given me more responsibility at times, like, to come up with my own sort of sessions and and just go and deliver certain things, which is great. You give me more of an individual plan to go and develop players individually. Um, as I say, it's just a different way of working, a different way of testing me. I think that's the most important thing. He, he constantly wants to, to, test, to test the coaches to make sure we're improving all the time. And ultimately, he'll ask us to test him as well to try and make, a, make us all better, which will, in result, hopefully make the players better. And that should lead to, to more positive results. So I think... Um, and in terms of responsibilities, I, I see myself as someone that just gets on with it, really, and to the best of my ability, and I'll, I'll try and do that every single day. As a player, I was always someone that tried to train as well as I could every day. Uh, and as a coach, I'm no different. I try and prepare as well as I possibly can to make sure, uh, ultimately, training is as good as it can be. Yeah, I think there's a real long-term vision here in terms of, at the club, in terms of the style of play. Um, young, hungry uh, coaches, managers, players coming into the club as well. Obviously, results aren't kind of the be-all and end-all in terms of that long-term vision, but how have you found that as a, as a coach, almost dealing with the short-term, long-term ambitions? Because obviously everyone, as football fans, everyone wants to win every week. It's not always possible. How have you found balancing all of that in a coaching capacity and also in, in, as an interim manager as well? Yeah, I think, well, listen, ultimately, it's all well and good having a plan long-term, but you need results, simple as that. I mean, no one, I don't know a supporter in the world that's happy just to, to, to watch nice football that doesn't get results. Ultimately, you need to win games of football. It's the most important thing. There's no better feeling than, than winning a game. Um, and I think the training and everything structured to make sure to give us the best possible chance of winning every week. And I think recently, obviously, we had the initial couple of games that were great. Results were really positive. Um, and ultimately, it's about creating the structure to try and make you better all the time. 
and there's just been little tweaks here and there that maybe decision at the right time or it's, it's fine margins, football's always the same, it's always fine margins all the time and uh, it's ultimately about us trying to, to make that as positive as we can and um, as a coaching staff and me personally I think we're going in the right direction and I'm really positive about what, what's around the corner I'm, I really believe that, that it could be the beginning of something really special. Absolutely, and I think we'll leave it there on, on that note. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. So, so interesting to kind of pick your brains from a, a coaching capacity. And I'm sure everyone who's watching and listening to this will be thinking, why have we not discussed your playing career? Well, we'll do that eventually, won't we, in a part two? Maybe. <laughs> Dave, thank you very Cheers, much. Mate. Thank you. Podcast Network.